now to our Bibles. And we're going to read that maybe familiar story, maybe not familiar to some of us, the day of Pentecost. So uh, Acts chapter 2, and reading from verse 1 to 24, and then 38 to 41. The day of Pentecost uh, was 50 days after the Passover. That's what the word means, and it was a celebration, and it was a continuation of that Passover celebration. And as we remember, Jesus died and rose again at Easter. Uh, the day of Pentecost for us is a celebration of the birthday of the church. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthian, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And then from verse 38, Peter, as he has preached about Jesus, calls out to the crowd, repent and be baptized, every one of you, 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted the message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The Holy Spirit is for all whom the Lord our God will call. The Holy Spirit is here this morning and we can encounter him in a fresh new way this morning. I'm going to share for a little while about this passage and then we're going to respond in worship. And we're going to ask if anyone is hungry and thirsty for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to make a response this morning. Because we need him. We desperately need him. We can't be his church without a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit regularly and regularly, regularly. You may pray every day and that's great and so do I for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. But as a church together, we're going to make that call and just cry out to him so that we may be his witnesses. That we may be filled with a courage and a boldness to live for Jesus where we are, in our workplaces, in our homes, wherever we are. That was the purpose of Pentecost. It's never ever just to give us a funny, warm feeling and think, oh yeah. It's to make us witnesses. And I want to be a more effective witness for Jesus to you. On that day of Pentecost, there was a party. God loves parties. And Luke tells us that on that day of Pentecost, when the church was born, as it were, God threw a party like no other. It started early. Partygoers were accused of being drunk by nine in the morning. I mean, that's some going for a party, isn't it? It spilled out onto the streets And it was such a noisy and joyful celebration that by the end of the day, 3,000 onlookers had rushed to join the party too. Luke tells us that for 40 days, Jesus had appeared to his disciples alive, risen from the dead, gave them proofs that he was alive. They walked with him, talked with him, they ate with him. And he taught about the coming of the kingdom of God. And then he told them to wait for the gift his father had promised, the gift, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. And those 120 disciples had joined together in prayer for 10 days. They waited after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And then the day came of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And we're told in verse 2 of chapter 2 that it was suddenly, but if you read through the scriptures, this suddenly was prophesied hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years before. The Holy Spirit was there at the very dawn of creation, hovering over the waters with Jesus and the Father, all there from the very beginning, creating. Moses, we've been looking at Moses in our morning services over these past few months. He looked to a day when the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all people who believed. In Numbers 11 verse 29, it says he longed for the day when every believer would receive the Holy Spirit. 
Old Testament prophets such as Ezekiel and Joel had promised that such a day would eventually come. And Peter quotes from the prophet Joel when he speaks on that day of Pentecost. John the Baptist had promised that it would come with the coming of Jesus. He'd said, I baptize with water, but one more powerful than I will come. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And the Apostle John records in his gospel in chapter 7 that Jesus, when he had, on one of his visits to Jerusalem at the, the Feast of Tabernacles, on the last and greatest day of the feast, he stood up and declared in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And John explains by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You see, up until now and throughout the Old Testament and even that beginning of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit had only been given to a few individuals as a taster kind of thing. For particular people at particular times, for particular tasks. But it had only been a tiny few. Now, the Holy Spirit was offered to all who believed. Indiscriminately. Men, women, young, old. No distinction. And for years and years and years and years, the church had forgotten. Throughout church history... This moment, the church had forgotten that we exist in the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. And so, this party broke out. It was a spectacular event. The disciples were intoxicated with joy. Jesus had told them to wait. Not to rush out onto that mission, but to wait until they were clothed with power from on high. That their task of bringing the gospel to a world that is so hurting and broken was to wait until they were empowered. And then they would be released in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. That same power and presence that sustains the gospel message and in his church today. And Peter knew that that day had arrived as those early disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire came to rest on each of them. They began just to speak out praise in languages they'd never learned. And then Peter on that day stands up. He's the first to lift up his voice and proclaim openly the word that only a few weeks before he could not even speak to a servant girl at Caiaphas' house. He wasn't even strong enough, bold enough, courageous enough to declare that he knew Jesus. And now he's standing in front of the crowds in Jerusalem declaring who Jesus is. You will have power to be my witnesses, says Jesus. And Peter declared that Jesus is the savior of the world. That in Jesus, pardon and forgiveness are offered to the whole of mankind. Plus the gift of life, eternal life and a new relationship with God. Repent and believe, says Peter. Spoken to a world 
where men and women live as though they own the world. But we know that we're only tenants and the landlord has plans for redevelopment of this world. If you've ever seen that program, Grand Designs, I mean, this, it's got nothing on God. God has got planned. Glorious designs for this world. New heavens, new earth. And before that day, before that last day that Joel prophesies, that last day of the Lord, there is another great day. The day of Pentecost. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit to equip the church for mission. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Are you even here this morning and you've not called on the name of the Lord? You've asked Jesus into your life to save you. Then I would encourage you to do so today. Don't leave it. Because with the coming of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, a new day has dawned. And that day of Pentecost began with an eruption of sound from heaven. That same wind and breath that on the first morning of all mornings had swept across the waters in Genesis 1 now comes upon the disciples in tongues of fire that came to rest on each of them. Wind and fire. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just Peter, James and John. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spilled out onto the streets of Jerusalem, praising God in those unlearned languages. And in what some people see as a reversal of the Tower of Babel. And everyone who heard them, heard in their own language. Some of them just mocked them in the crowd. They, it just appeared to them like gibberish. They've had too much wine. But if you were a Mede or an Elamite or a Phrygian... As you edged your way through the crowd and were hearing what was going on, you could hear the wonders of declared, declared in your own language by these northern Galileans. The same went for all the languages present. They heard them speaking the wonders of God. And then Peter gets up and explains what it is and what it meant. It's all about Jesus. The life and death and resurrection of Jesus has altered the universe for good. And Peter calls, repent and be baptized. Turn around. Change your mind. Trust in God. Believe, follow, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And notice it's not you'll receive a gift from the Holy Spirit here. It's not simply one of the Holy Spirit's gifts. Yes, we want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But here on the day of Pentecost, He is the gift. The Holy Spirit who equips us as God's people to serve the Lord. And the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. So the promise is for you and for me. For you and for me. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you may say, well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I became a Christian. I don't need any more. 
Now, I can't see anyone actually saying that. I remember some people saying that to Martin Lloyd-Jones. We had the Holy Spirit when we were converted, they said. We don't believe that he comes again and again and again. We have it all, that conversion. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, with incredulity, says, Got it all! Got it all! Where is it then? If you've got it all. Why are you as you are? If you've got it all. If you need more, then come this morning. Make that response to the Lord. Maybe others are not so excited. Not so excited about Jesus anymore. Not so excited about heaven anymore. Just the day-to-day of life and stuff. And even sometimes church has just dampened that joy in your life. Well, maybe today is the day you say, it's all about him. And I want that joy again. To be intoxicated with joy. As those early disciples were. We want to be filled again today and tomorrow. And we are invited as believers in Jesus. So would you turn and repent and believe in Jesus this morning? And would you respond to that in your heart that says, I want more of God in my life. I want to be a witness for Jesus. Jesus encouragingly says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So let's invite the Holy Spirit to come, move amongst us afresh. He is always with us, we know that. But there are times, there are seasons, there are moments. There are seasons of revival that come upon his church and we're praying for that. We want to be part of a season of revival. But this has to be a constant longing within the church of Jesus Christ for more of the Holy Spirit. And he can meet you where you are right now as you open your heart to him. He can meet you if you want to come to the front during our time of worship and just someone just to come and lay hands on you and just pray for a fresh equipping and anointing of the Holy Spirit. He is here to meet with us. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to sweep through our lives, our hearts, our imaginations, set us ablaze with the love of God. Come, change us, transform us, have his way among us. We're not seeking a spiritual experience this morning. We're seeking the Holy Spirit to empower us to be his witnesses. On that day of Pentecost, born on earth, a community of which Jesus said, the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We are part of the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So I invite you to stand, invite the band to come back and we're going to spend time, we've got lots of time this morning just to worship, wait upon the Lord, cry out to him, make response to the Lord. There will be nothing forced or you know, no pressure on anybody to respond in any way but just a time where we can Wait upon God, worship Him, 
and just begin to say personally, Lord, would you come and fill us? Would you move afresh? There'll be an opportunity to come during our worship time. At any point, just if you'd like someone just to pray for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life, just to come to the front and uh, the prayer team and uh, the leaders of the church will be on hand just to pray for anybody who wants to come out. So we just open this time to the Lord. Holy Spirit, we love you and we love your presence. Would you come and meet with us today? Would you come and fill us afresh today? Would you come in your power and in your glory today? Come and blow through our lives. Blow through our hearts. Give us new dreams, new hopes, new visions. Equip us, Lord, as you did those early disciples. Fill your church with that empowering presence that we might see revival in our days. Lord, we give this time. We hand it to you. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you come, Holy Spirit? Yeah. 